Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm speaking to Huxley Barbu. Huxley is a security evangelist at Run Zero, and we're here today to talk about network asset discovery and the world of incident response. Huxley, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, no worries at all, mate. Um, could you just let the people know a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am the lead organizer for B-Size New York City and also the security evangelist at uh, Run Zero, where I have the pleasure of introducing our capabilities to the world. Perfect. And obviously, I kind of wanted to talk uh, to you today a, bit, a little bit about, you know, network assets and kind of how that fits into the cybersecurity landscape at the moment. Um, and obviously, you know, it kind of seems like uh, every time there's an incident, some unknown device is involved. What are, you know, really some of the more serious ramifications for having a lack of knowledge or visibility on your network assets? Yeah, yeah. You know, funny thing, I was uh, once speaking to an audience and I, and I asked the question. So, the last time you had an incident, was there an unknown device involved? And somebody in the audience responded, when is an unknown device not involved in in a security incident? So <laughs> I, I think there's a couple of things here. Uh, and both thinking about this from the, the reactive sense, uh, that is the nature of incident response, or, or what people think of as incident response. Well, you know, the first and foremost is as you're trying to reconstruct that attack chain that the adversary took, you know, all the way from the initial attack vector all the way to you know, data exfil or, or, or data ransom or what have you, if you don't know every single device that's on your network, you don't know every asset that you're meant to protect, you end up in a situation where you're not able to really reconstruct that, that attack chain, right? That's, that's one. Uh, number two is... When you don't know about a device or an asset, that implies you also don't know who owns that particular device. And so as you're doing incident response and you're trying to tell the story of what happened, how did this adversary get into the network and how do they move laterally through the network and so on and so forth, when you have this situation where you come upon this thing that you have no knowledge of, you can't just go and... Uh, well, typically, you can't just go and just unplug that device from the network. Typically, what you need to go is find somebody who knows something about that, sure. right? And th this is what we call asset ownership tracking. And it isn't necessarily a quote-unquote owner of that device, but you know, it would include folks like who is the last user that logged into that device? You know, who is the primary user of that device? Who is the IT engineer or the IT function that is responsible for managing that device or should be managing that device or who is the owner of the business function for which that device is in the in the employ of uh, so this is what i mean by asset ownership tracking and if you don't have that information because this either because you knew about the device but you didn't have asset ownership tracking or you just didn't know about that device then you run into this situation where you're having to do detective work just to figure out what this thing is and what is its business criticality to the organization? And so, you know, many incident responders end up doing things like looking through the login logs, uh, the event viewer, or just you know running last on Linux to see who was the last person that logged into it. Or sometimes 
uh, a person's username might be embedded into the host name of the device. Or you just run into the situation where you are going through the org chart for the company to try and track down like who that person is, where they work, and if they're on PTO, if they're on holiday, and then you're trying to t find out who their manager is. And, and so you're, you're potentially doing this global, uh, global sleuthing to figure out who you can actually talk to to figure out what this thing is so that you can know, okay, this is not critical to the business. I could just go ahead and unplug it. Or this is critical to, put it to the business and uh, maybe I can do a, a light quarantine or uh, maybe what I want to do is gather more data, uh, more evidence for prosecution from that device. So do some, some data forensics there. Without knowing who that person is that you need to speak to, uh, what's happening here is your incident is being extended, right? It's taking longer to figure out what what this thing is, it's taking longer to figure out what you can do about it. It's taking longer to make a decision as to what you are going to do about it. And the nature of incident response is time matters. Time matters a lot, right? And if you are taking, you know, two days to figure out what you're going to be doing about this particular incident versus two minutes, it makes a really big difference. Yeah, I think I think that's interesting that you kind of you know prioritize that 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 real urgency to, to kind of fix the problem. Um, what would kind of be your sort of initial approach uh, in terms of like investigating network assets for that incident response, and how would you kind of help people out with the um, the real you know quickness of of that response? Yeah, so that initial approach happens way before the incident happens. Sure, you need to build that asset inventory beforehand. And you need to have a mechanism that allows you to keep that incident inventory up to date, such that when an, in, when an incident does occur, you're not on the back foot, right? I, I, I sort of hinted at this earlier. People all think of incident response as a reactive only type of activity, when in fact, there's a lot of proactive activities you could do in order to improve your incident response overall. And having that asset inventory is one of those proactive things that you could do to improve incident response response times, even though people think of it as a reactive activity. Is there, um, I mean, how, how do you really, you know, feel about the, the current state of asset discovery? And, and would you have any words of wisdom for those out there that are really struggling to put this into practice? Yeah, so I talk about how like you absolutely need to have asset inventory and, and I by no means am implying that this is an easy thing to do. I mean, 20, 25 years ago when, Security teams, all you had to do is protect what was, what was in the, the office, right? All, all the devices were sort of physically uh, proximate to each other. And you could even get away with some sort of edge security in order to protect everything all at once. And that model, that paradigm is completely changed. No longer are security teams limited to protecting what's in the office, but also now the devices that went to employees' homes because of remote work. Uh, pandemic or otherwise. Uh, security teams are now having to protect all those devices that are spun up in the cloud. And now also the devices that are uh, in the factories. And it's not just like laptops and desktops anymore, but it's also all these IoT devices, these smart devices that have proliferated throughout the network. And so asset inventory by no means is an easy problem. It's just gotten harder over time. <clears throat> and you ask about words of wisdom. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know if this qualifies as words of wisdom, but I'll, I'll certainly make an attempt. I, I think one of the biggest fallacies that I find from folks is this idea that an existing tool, an existing security tool that was designed for a different purpose, but has some sort of asset discovery on the side is sufficient to get to that full asset inventory. So many folks think, oh, I have my endpoint detection and response solution and it does some asset discovery and that's good enough. Or I have a Vuln scanner. Its primary purpose is to scan for vulnerabilities, but it has asset discovery on the side. So that's good enough. Or I have a network access control, which is there to adjudicate access to the local area network. It does some asset discovery on the side. So that's good enough. That That is a fallacy that gets folks into trouble because all of those solutions are optimized for finding managed IT devices. They're poor, very poor at finding those unmanaged IT devices, as well as IoT devices and OT devices. And the fact of the matter is, it is those unknowns that really get you into trouble because those are the ones that have an outsized impact on your security posture. So think of it, think of it this way. If I'm the adversary and I do recon on your network and I find out all these things about your network and here are all the devices that I found with my recon and I see, oh, there's some devices over here that have the EDR on them. Okay, so they have endpoint protection. I, as the adversary, am not going to go target those. Instead, I'm going to go and target those devices that you've forgotten about that are part of your shadow IT or were just abandoned or uh, was never never sort of set up with any proper security governance. Those are the ones that don't have any patches. Those are the ones that are more vulnerable. I, as the adversary, I'm going to go for those. I'm not going to go for the ones that have the security controls on them. Why should I do, make things harder for myself? I'm here to make money, you know, or, or you know, for whatever purpose hackers hack, right? I'm going to go do the easy thing. I'm going to go after the, the unknowns on the network, the, the, the ones that are unknown to you. I'm not going to go after the endpoints that have all the security controls on them. And so it's those unknowns on your network that have an outsized impact to your security posture because those are the ones that are high value, not high value, but those are the ones that the, that the adversary is more likely to go after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as I think you, you know, quite rightly pointed out, you know, the, the pandemic has complicated things massively, you know, just allowed the, the attack surface to explode in terms of all of these different assets that, you know, companies can sort of be managing all across the world, in people's homes, all of that kind of stuff. Um, do you kind of feel like the world of uh, instant response has really sort of caught up with, with the effects of, um, you know, remote working and stuff? And, and how do you kind of feel the future looks for um, the vis visibility of these devices? Yeah, you know, um, it's always going to be a cat and mouse game. Sure. Right? Like the adversary is always going to find new ways. And, you know, frankly, not to sound too, uh, too morbid here, but like the pace of technology, innovation and technology in IT is always going to give the, the adversary more and more ways to infiltrate and uh, propagate throughout the network. And so they're always looking, the adversary will always find new ways uh, to, to break into things, you know, with the, with the rise of AI recently, you know, I think maybe like the day after, you know, ChatGPT took off, you already started hearing about new ways to use AI 
to infiltrate networks or different ways to infiltrate or to hack uh, ChatGPT itself, right? So two two different prongs there. So that's that's always going to be the case. And you know, unfortunately, on the defensive side, we're always behind. Right? We seem to be always one step behind. Um, but you know, keeping up is the name of the game. I would say exactly. It's all about the challenge. You don't wanna you don't wanna get bored, dear. So. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, well, Huxley, obviously, thank you so much for um, taking the time to uh, come onto the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matt. No worries. And thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast as well. But before we go, I just want to let you know about Applied Intelligence Live in Austin, the new name for IoT World and the AI Summit. It features 12 technology-specific stages and a host of networking events, including a boat party. Anyone serious about ensuring ROI from their application should be there this September. And you can save $100 with code EM360. To find out more, go to austin.appliedintelligence.live slash EM360 to learn more. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to runzero.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.